This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Welcome to episode number seven of Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm your host, Andrew Johnson, and I'm here with regular co-host Frank Reddy. That's me. This is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. And if this is your first time listening, all you really need to know is that each episode is divided up into two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, uh, is when we give our general thoughts on whatever movie we're discussing that week, and our second part is when we get into in-depth spoilers. So if you've seen the film, you might want to go ahead and tune into part two when we really dive into things and figure out what works and what doesn't. But if you haven't seen the film, you just want to get a general idea of whether or not it's worth your money, this is definitely the portion to be listening to. Frank, the movie we're going to be discussing this week is In Time. This is the new film from director Andrew Nichol. I gotta be honest. I've kind of been looking forward to this movie a little bit only because I'm a huge Andrew Nichol fan. He uh, wrote The Truman Show, which is one of my all-time favorite films, and he directed Gattaca, which is a really awesome sci-fi film from the 90s, which if you haven't seen, you need to see because it's really incredible. But why don't you uh, tell our listeners what In Time is about and who's in it and give them the, the basic rundown of the movie. Here's the basic rundown of the movie. Uh, Justin Timberlake stars as Will. The premise is that he lives in a land where humans have been genetically engineered to stop aging after 25. But once you hit 25, you only have a year of natural time left to live. And they all have, all the humans now have what is essentially a watch that looks like a digital watch with green numbers kind of tattooed across their arm and the time slowly counts down. Um... Time is the new currency, so instead of money, you pay with thing, You pay for things with minutes, hours, months, years from your life. Basically, uh, Justin Timberlake becomes disillusioned with the system and sets out to take it down. Here's a clip. How old are you in real time? 28. I'm 105. Does it show? But the day comes when you've had enough. Your mind can be spent even if your body's not. That's your problem? You've been alive too long. You ever known anyone who's died? For a few to be immortal, many must die. What the hell's that supposed to mean? You really don't know, do you? Everyone can't live forever. Where would we put them? Why do you think there are time zones? Why do you think taxes and prices go up the same day in the ghetto? The cost of living keeps rising to make sure people keep dying. How else could there be men with a million years almost live day to day? But the truth is, there's more than enough. No one has to die before their time. If you had as much time as I have, what would you do with it? If I had all that time, I sure as hell wouldn't waste it. All right, Frank, let's just take 10 minutes to really just give our general thoughts on the film. I'm going to go ahead and start the clock now. 
And uh, why don't you just uh, fill us in on what you thought of In Time? I mean, are you an Andrew Nichol fan? Have you seen other films he's done? I hadn't. You know, I, I really wasn't aware of him before this movie. You know, obviously, I, I've seen The Truman Show uh, before, but, um, you know, when it, that first came out, I was so young, I wasn't even really focusing on who was behind the camera, or in his case, I guess, who was behind the script. I think that In Time has a very interesting premise. Uh, I think that there's some potential for it. I don't necessarily feel like that potential was executed well here um, for a number of reasons. Uh, I, I don't think the script was very well written in terms of uh, very clear motivation for each character and what the character was trying to accomplish. And you know, I think without a good script, um, you know, I like Justin Timberlake in The Social Network. There he had a very strong script to work for, to work with. I think here he was just given some very tough material to try and sell, and I think it, it showed. Uh, how about you? So you're saying that you didn't like the film overall? You know, I thought it was mediocre at best. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I, I wouldn't go see it again, I don't think. I kind of liked it. I, I agree with you that the script does have some problems. It's not that it's a bad script. The premise, as you mentioned, is terrific. I think yeah. it's a great idea for a movie, the idea that now literally time is money and you you have to pay rent and when you have to basically survive in society, you do that by literally giving minutes of your life away. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool idea. The problem is, as you mentioned, it's not fully fleshed out. It's it's almost there. They've got they've got elements of some good characterization and a really interesting world that they that, that, that they've built. Mm -hmm. But it's just not quite all there yet. They go a little bit into our lead protagonist uh Will's background mm -hmm. um played by Justin Timberlake and they 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 bring up some stuff related to his father and his past and um, things he's learned, and it's – I can see what they were trying to do, but it felt like it was a little bit too by the numbers. For I, I agree. I, I think, you know, all that stuff was – it was all there on the surface because you almost feel like it it had to be there, but I don't feel like it necessarily played well within within the sense of the movie. Like it didn't – it was just there to be there. Like it didn't drive anything emotionally or anything like that. Because really, we're I think we're almost like a third of the way through the movie before anybody even mentions his father. And you're never really aware that the father was really that big a driving force in his life. Before. So then, by then, it's like, who cares? Right. But there, There's some interesting characters in here. You've got Killian Murphy playing the uh, timekeeper, the detective that's just trying to track down Will, bring him to justice uh, for, 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 for stealing all this, quote-unquote, quote quote, stealing mm -hmm. all this time. And... That's an interesting character. It reminded me a lot of the uh, detective character in Gattaca, if you've seen Gattaca. Very similar, just kind of, um, you know, no exceptions, stick to the system, stick to the rules, the system is right kind of motivation. And, uh, you know, I didn't mind the uh, the character played by Amanda Seyfried, the love interest. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. You've got this woman who clearly comes from a very wealthy background but who feels kind of trapped in that environment and is looking for something new and is sort of drawn to to the protagonist will as a result and i thought that was an interesting kind of take on the whole bonnie and clyde crime duo yeah. sort of a uh, sort of um element um 
I don't know. What, what did you think of all that? Uh, I like the re- I like the relationship. I, I like the man is Seyfried. Um, you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was a very interesting relationship. It was one of those things that again I thought in the writing where certain beats didn't really make sense. Where I, I just wasn't sure how he felt. I, I saw what he was trying to do. He was trying to do one of those things where you know. You bring them together, and then she finds out the truth about him and pulls him apart, and then brings them together back then. And I just don't think, for whatever reason, I don't think it, it played well, necessarily. You know, the script is trying to juggle a lot of elements. It's trying yeah. to juggle the whole the whole premise and the whole time thing. It's trying to, ju- to, to juggle the whole uh, class warfare element. It's trying to... You got the whole love interest. You've got this thing with gangsters mm-hmm. in um, District 12 in the ghetto yeah. going on uh, where, where Will's from. The, the poorer district has these gangs that sort of just uh, kind of overrun things and like to steal time from people. And so it's trying to juggle all these elements at once, and it almost comes together. I just feel like something was missing. It needed another run-through, needed one or two more drafts of the script for yeah. it to fully come together. You know, it, it, it's a decent idea, I feel like Andrew Nichols' execution was okay on the whole. Yeah, I thought there were times when it, it bordered, it veered into the very melodramatic. Right. I feel like he was going for like these big grand moments and it just went over the top. And I think that was a script problem. Yeah. Probably. I, I think some of it was direction too. Like, I honestly think you could have toned some of those moments down with the right – I mean I don't want to get into any spoilers here. But there, I think there were definitely moments where he didn't have to build it up to be such a huge soap opera collision right well you know alfred hitchcock once said that the key to good suspense is if you've got two characters in a restaurant and there's a bomb underneath the table don't just show the bomb going off you know you've got to show the countdown yeah. the audience has to know it's there and show the clock counting down and this movie takes that to the whole next level there are just exactly. constant shots of time counting down almost about to hit zero and i gotta say it's yeah. a simple device, but it worked for me most of the time. Like, just the idea that, oh, no, time's running out. Like, they, they probably wouldn't even have to have a clear goal. As long as I knew they had a goal and time was about to run out, I would be like, oh, no, are they going to make it? Are right. they going to make it? There's something about that image of the clock running down that really works and really just hits that suspenseful sort of core, you know. Um, so... There were plenty of moments in the movie that really worked for me just because they all revolved around, oh, no, are they going to run out of time? Are they going to run out of time? Yeah. Um, I would say that I think if you're making a movie where everybody's life literally depends upon how much time they have left on the clock, I do think you need some of that. I would agree with you there. Um, I I do think that there's something to be said for understatement where if you're going to rely on that as often as he did, I think – I think if you keep pulling that out again and again and again, it gets less effective each time. I would have liked to see some of it toned down a little bit. Yeah, I just I think I would have liked to see some of it taken back a notch. See, I kind of feel the opposite with the ending, though. I feel like the the ending needed a bit more. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, it felt a bit anticlimactic at times. I mean, it did. It's it's not that it's a bad ending. It's just that we've been going along. We've been building up this idea that. He's going to take down the system. He's going to change everything. And I, I, I needed one really big set piece to kind of just like hammer it home. Like, yeah, he's getting the revolution started. Yeah. And we don't really get that. 
Well, it's kind of funny. You know, the movie almost kind of ended like three different times where there were like three places where I was like, okay, this is almost two hours. So it's probably building to the climax. Um, but I agree with you. Like when it was actually the climax, you're kind of like, that's it. That's all he had to do. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, and then the final shot is like a slap in the face. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to hint at this big, awesome scene that you're never really going to see. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I mean, even the climax, it just, it, the whole thing ended more out of a character's sheer stupidity. Right. You're like, why? Like, that's, that's one of the plot holes where I couldn't quite wrap my around, my mind around why on God's green earth would he not have taken precautions is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it, it irked me a little bit. Right. All right. Well, I think we've, we've given our general thoughts on the film. Sounds like I, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. You liked it a little bit more than I did. I think we're pretty close to the middle on this one. We're both kind of like, eh. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not a great film. It's, it's not. But I'm a sucker for good sci-fi premises, and I'm also a sucker for anything with any sort of subtext in today's mainstream media market. I don't know if you could call what was going on here subtext. It's, it was, it's practically text. It was beating you over the head. <laughs> it, it is It is rather blatant, and we'll talk about that in, when we talk spoilers. I don't have a problem with movies that really are, are on the nose about things like that necessarily. It depends on the execution. So I, I, I feel like I can be a little bit more forgiving towards it. You know, it's not the kind of movie I'm going to – go see again in theaters, but it's the kind of movie that, you know, if it was on TV one afternoon and I was bored, sure, I might I might watch in time. I don't think I would. I think I'd put on, like, a DVD of Frasier or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's just me. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for part one of our uh, discussion of In Time. Don't forget to tune into part two of our discussion for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I'm looking forward to in it. In 3D. In 3D. Because nothing can be better than marijuana in, in 3D. 3D. Yes. Yes. If only it was like virtual reality. <laughs> we get high by proxy. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Not that we condone that. Well, we are. So we, we you you need your you get your fix from us. You really don't we need do. marijuana, yeah, yeah, exactly. You no. know, but uh, question, Frank: How many people do you predict will be uh, will be high when we go see Harold and Kumar? I think it depends what screening we go to, Andrew. <laughs> I think the later at night we go, the greater the chance that people will be a little. So toasty. you're saying you're saying maybe if we went to a midnight screening, <laughs> I, I would I think so. I think there's a pretty good chance that the crowd is going to be a little bit uh, buzzed. Maybe we can head up to Toronto and go see it there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That that would be interesting. All right. Well, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate it. You honestly have no idea. It means a whole lot to us whenever we get... Uh, listener donations. We we really do rely on your support, and we're we're thrilled that people are listening and that, that you want to help us out. It really means a lot. Frank, where can people find you online? Yeah, I'm at FJ Ready at Twitter, um, and I have a blog. Quite frankly, entertainment, but I forgot the password to get into it. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> okay, I have to say, Frank, anybody who listens to this show on a regular basis, I think, has reached the conclusion. That the reason we call it Cinema Fix is because you are like 
a stoner when it comes to technology. You're just like, just what? Just social media. Just social media. What was my password? How does this – what's this Twitter thing? I, I just don't like social media. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolestshopeffect.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. And unlike Frank, I am not high all the time when I'm on social media. And I, I use it fairly frequently. So if you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. And we will uh, we'll talk more about the movies. Don't judge me. All right. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Reddy. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!